Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. On this episode of The Charlie Kirk Show, I have an amazing conversation with the courageous Congressman Devin Nunez. A lot of the unmasking, a lot of the FISA abuse scandal was revealed because of Congressman Nunez's hard work. He's also suing the tech companies, which is really interesting. You guys are going to love this conversation. Email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. We have the president of the United States coming to Phoenix, Arizona on June 23rd. You can go to trumpstudents.org. We being Turning Point Action, our 501c4 organization, go to trumpstudents.org. Sign up, get engaged, get involved. And if you're a young person from anywhere across the country you want to attend, it's trumpstudents.org slash convention or email us freedom at charliekirk.com. You guys are going to love this episode. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of The Charlie Kirk Show. I am joined by one of the few fighters and someone who is in the pursuit of truth in the halls of Congress, Congressman Devin Nunez. Congressman, welcome to The Charlie Kirk Show. Charlie, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me today. Of course. So, Congressman, you have been in an amazing leadership role uncovering, let's just say, the improprieties, the alleged crimes of the prior administration and the people at the highest levels of law enforcement. There's a lot of conversations happening right now around abuses of power and law enforcement. And connecting the two together, you've actually been trying to find out what happens at the top levels of our government when people abuse that power. Who holds them accountable? Congressman, to be honest with you, I follow this news every day. I read hours and hours of newspapers and articles. Even I have a hard time keeping up with all the developments, all the documents, the arbitrage of information. In fact, I think in some ways, it's made intentionally difficult for everyday citizens to keep up with what's happening. Can we just start with what have we learned recently about the FISA abuse, the Clinton campaign, their involvement in funding the dossier? What revelations have been made recently thanks to the terrific Rick Grinnell and the transparency campaign he was on? Uh, just catch us up to speed here because there's been so much else going on in the country. Well, thank you. And I think it's important to understand that last point that you made is that this is connected to political motives. This isn't just about dirty cops, as I like to say, on either side of this. It's not just about dirty cops on both of these issues that are in, in the news now. What happened is, is you had a, a Democratic operation that was funded by the Clinton campaign that ends up uh, spoiling somehow the FBI. And that is what is still that remains out there that we have not solved 
which is what the U.S. Attorney out of Connecticut is looking at, Charlie, is how, what are the origins of this? You know, what actually happened in late 2015 and early 2016 where you had a parallel investigation that was being run by both the FBI and the Clinton campaign, and it was really a smear job by the Clinton campaign, fed into the FBI. At what time did that become the same investigation? That is really at the origins of this and what we, what we need to, to know about. And so then you fast forward, I always look at this in kind of the second tranche, which is what happened after the election where the FBI decided to double, triple, quadruple down on this involving other players that ultimately ended up with the Mueller special counsel. So there's, there are two U.S. attorneys that are looking at everything surrounding before, early, before the election, after election. Um, and, and look, I, I think the good news here, yes, what's, what's the latest? The good news is, is we don't know. And, and I say that because that's how investigations are supposed to be run. You know, we should not have uh, any investigation going on in this country by federal or local law enforcement where the fake news media, which I know you cover a lot, and I'm sure we'll get into that on this show because it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it really is uh, jeopardizing the future of this country right now. But because we're not hearing anything come from Barr or Durham, uh, or the U.S. attorney out of out of St. Louis that's looking into the Michael Flynn investigation. Uh, this is all good news. I think it means that they have a lot of evidence. I think they're trying to figure out uh, where they're going to bring indictments, uh, and that's what we're waiting for. Now, we have a separate investigation, House Republicans on the Intelligence Committee that we've been running uh, since 2017 uh, that hasn't stopped. Now. A lot of people are frustrated because, you know, we don't, they always want us to do something, but you have to understand we're the legislative branch of government. We don't have badges. We don't have guns. All we can do is make criminal referrals. Uh, we've, made, we've made a lot of criminal referrals, more in the process of being made. Uh, and we've now kind of completed what I would say is kind of phase two of our investigation uh, overall, where we've just completed in the last week. Uh, kind of all of our unanswered questions uh, that we expect the Department of Justice to get to the bottom of uh, if Republicans and conservatives are ever going to have any faith in the system. So that's kind of where we are today, and I'm sure we can go a lot of directions from there. But, uh, but hey, thanks for having me on, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep going here. Yeah, some great points. I want to dive into that. I want to tell you about our friends at PCMatic. PCMatic is a whitelist, next-generation antivirus software designed to stop modern threats like ransomware. Independent testing from AB Test just named PCMatic as a top performer in the cybersecurity industry, giving it the best performance award for 2019. Only PCMatic has American research development and support. They're made in America by Americans for Americans. They block annoying and malicious ads for hassle-free web browsing and makes your computers faster and more reliable even after years of use. PCMatic is just $50 for five devices for one year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. And if you act now, PCMatic has offered my listeners a free month of security protection with the purchase of an annual license. To access this offer, go to PCMatic.com slash Charlie. Again, to get world-class security to keep your computers running great, go to PCMatic.com slash Charlie. PCMatic.com slash Charlie. But, Congressman, you know, we had Tom Fitton on from Judicial Watch who is a transparency crusader and has really, I think, delivered for the American people, as have you, to try to get to the bottom of this. Because 
there is a concerted effort by the media to cover this up and then also to legitimize the alleged criminal conduct that happened. And what do I mean by that? They've gone out of their way to platform and pay Andrew McCabe, to platform and pay Lisa Page, to actually incorporate the actors that were involved in this and bring them into the yeah. media enterprise to almost give them cover fire. And can I interrupt? Don't forget, uh, just in the last uh, few days here, uh, you had Twitter hire Jim Baker, who was the, as their deputy general counsel. Uh, you really can't make this up. And I think that part of it is that they want to make it even more difficult in the court of public opinion to go after some of these individuals, to try to prevent that from actually happening. And so, but, but Congressman, you mentioned something. I want to dive into this because, you know, we get thousands of emails every single week from our listeners. Um, and they, they can email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. They say, Charlie, where are the indictments coming? When are they coming? I'm growing uneasy. And Tom Fitton does not think that anything of significance is coming through. And so, I mean, I, I've seen people prosecuted and convicted and sent to jail for far less on just circ- circumstantial evidence of what we have on Peter Strzok and just what we know to be true about how the warrants were signed, about the abuse of power, about him bragging in those text messages. I mean, you get a motivated prosecutor and, you know, a fair jury, I think that some of these people definitely could end up in prison. So I'm not exactly even sure what is needed beyond that, but I I don't want to say that that's the extent of the investigation. Can you give our listeners at least some comfort that justice will be served by by this Durham probe? Because we're in June now. We're getting close to the election. I don't want all of a sudden us to be in September. And then they say, well, we don't want to interfere with the election. We don't want to do what James Comey did in 2016. Can you add some yeah. context there? Because I get so many questions well, about this. Well, look, that, that is, uh, th- let's take that last question first. Uh, that would be totally unacceptable to claim there's an election because you know, nobody political, so to speak, is involved in this. Hillary Clinton, her campaign's the one that paid for this. She's not on the ballot, okay? And if you want to talk about political interference, the main reason why Republicans lost control, and I lost control the gavel, uh, is because they had this Russia hoax going. Uh, it was direct interference by the FBI, by the Department of Justice in the 2018 election. So not only did they hurt Trump in 2016, ultimately he still prevailed, all through 2017 and 18. This was their fundraising tool that helped to allow them to throw us out of office because, you know, you still have in this country, and I, I want to get to this later, you have over half the people in this country who believe Trump had something to do with Russia, when the reality is the only people that had anything to do with Russia uh, were the dirty cops in the FBI that were supposed to be actually tracking the Russians uh, and the Clinton campaign. Those are the people that had the, that had anything to do with Russia. So. We, we have a, a collapse, and this is why I support what you're doing, and I, I really respect what you're doing, and I want to help you in everything you're doing, because we have at least half the country, if not 60% of the country, that is, is getting news and information through a funnel. But we'll come back to that. So, look, Tom Fitton uh, is, a, is a good friend of mine. Uh, we could not have done uh, nearly what we did without him getting to the bottom of and opening up and getting transparency out. Uh, things that, that, that we needed for our investigation. And we continue uh, as we need information. We publicly say it. Uh, and hopefully groups like 
like uh, Judicial Watch, go out and, and look at that information and try to get that information because I'm all for tra transparency too. Yeah. Um, look, I understand why uh, Tom could be negative that nobody's gonna be held accountable uh, because that's what we've seen uh, in this country for the last uh, several years. Uh, but look, I have to, uh, you know, I'm a glass half full guy. I have faith uh, that, you know, that this something's going to get done. And I always say that nobody wants these bastards locked up more than me, except for maybe President Trump, uh, because, you know, no one's been attacked uh, like me. I want to see these guys locked up and I'm doing everything that, can, that I can in my power to make sure uh, that that happens. So I, I think the way you have to look at it is Tom and I see the world uh, very, very simil similarly. Um, I'm just kind of a half gl uh, glass full uh, guy, and I've got to I've got to hold out faith uh, in the justice system that justice uh, will be served. Yeah, well, that's well said. I, I just want to be very specific. Tom was talking about how wrists are probably just going to be slapped, if at all. Basically, that that, that if the idea of true justice towards this um, is not something that he was overly bullish on, and and that remains to be seen. And I, I can mm -hmm. sympathize with that because there is a lot of there are a lot of people that are growing impatient. And I want to thank you for your I, commitment to that. You made a great point, Congressman, which if we talk about election interference, the one question we never got an answer to is when did Mueller know what he knew? Be <laughs> because he published his report, yeah. if I remember correctly, in April or May of 2019. And I it's what you don't just come to that conclusion. I mean, he was basically writing the Encyclopedia Britannica. I mean, it was an unnecessarily long report about an exoneration and about just innuendo around the president. Uh, he, well, well, I, I just uh, I, I, I hate to correct you on your own show, but you can't call this like uh, I mean, don't please don't disparage Encyclopedia Britannica. They have they actually have a, a fairly good reputation. Uh, this is more like Wikipedia on steroids, okay? That's what Mueller put together. Two volumes of it, two volumes of crap. The first volume on Russian collusion, which uh, failed, uh, it, it reads more like a fictional Russian spy novel than it does actually a report, uh, because they left out the people that were actually colluding with the Russians, and that was the Clinton campaign and the FBI themselves that Mueller had to know about the day he walked in the door. Then the second volume, the second uh, book uh, of Mueller, uh, was a conspiracy theory about trying, it was an obstruction of justice trap uh, that they were trying to trip up the Trump campaign into. Um, now let that, let's just back up to, to Mueller. Um, at some point, uh, if you watch the testimony of Mueller before before our committee in Congress in uh, July of 2019, after the report had been out for a few months, uh, it's clear that Mueller didn't know what the hell was going on. And so the, the question, you know, he has a lot of similarities to Joe Biden hiding in his basement. OK, and I'm not we all we'll all we're all going to get there at some point. Uh, but clearly something was not right with Mueller. I don't know how far you have to go back Uh to, you know, because when Mueller walks in the door in May of 17, okay, when they stand up the special counsel, there's no Russians to be found. And in fact, there's hard evidence to the contrary. So where does Mueller begin to fall apart and lose his mental capacity? Did he have it on day one? Did he lose it somewhere in the process there? I don't know. Uh, the only people that really have some insight into that is Trump's attorney, John Dowd, um, who's actually been pretty good on this. He's done a few interviews on it. 
You know, and he's talked about where, what's your evidence? What's your evidence? What's your evidence? They never present any evidence. And, and the Trump campaign and the Trump administration, I mean, they let them go through everything. There's nothing that wasn't turned over uh, in that first year uh, when John Dowd finally goes to Mueller and says, what the hell do you have here? Um, why do you have to interview the president of the United States? And then John Dowd, thankfully, I think uh, really probably saved uh, the presidency uh, because he resigned. He quit as a lawyer for the uh, for uh, President Trump because President Trump and his other advisors had decided that President Trump was going to testify. And John Dowd, to his credit, knew that was totally insane to have a president testify when there's no underlying crime whatsoever. So he did the American people, I think, a, a big favor there. And he would be the only one, Charlie, that I would know, because, uh, you know, I never spoke to Mueller during that time period. Uh, Rosenstein uh, should know, right? He had to have interactions uh, with him. He's the only one that really had interactions until, uh, until look, what, isn't it ironic that when we get a real attorney general, Attorney General Barr, who's a growing up and a professional, I mean, he gets confirmed, and look, and we'll, maybe someday uh, he'll write a book. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Attorney General Barr will write a book, and that, and we'll find this out. But, he, but Mueller goes away. Mueller runs into hiding. All these guys run away. Oh, we're finished. Because I think, I think probably Barr went in there and says, "Okay, where are the Russians? What do you got? Nothing." I mean, it's just a matter of time. They're closing this thing down. I and mean, look, and they were already just. A, I've talked about this a lot. You've probably talked about it. I mean, you, you. You've been in conservative circles for a while, Charlie, so you know this, but when you get to the point where you're going after Jerome Corsi and Roger Stone, okay, no, no offense, I'm not speaking ill to them or ill of them at all, uh, but they're not exactly, I mean, they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're like political gadflies. These are never, these are not players uh, in the Republican Party. They're just people that go to conventions and they, they talk and they, they're, they're pundits, pundits. Uh, but they're not leaders. And the fact that, and I think I said this at the time, like, when, you know, Mueller completely went off the rails when he was trying to, when he was pitting Jerome Corsi versus, versus Roger Stone, which are two guys that are notorious for just, you know, creating havoc and chaos and, and kind of being their own free agents. But, you know, th th those guys never deserve to be investigated by Mueller for a crime that never had occurred. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back with UFC, boxing, NASCAR, so and soccer leading the way, and BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. If you need more, BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day for you to check out. If you look for something else other than sports, BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your New welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Podcast One. Bet online to take advantage of this. Bet online. Don't forget that promo code Podcast One. Bet online, your online sports experts. I can't wait for sports to get back. It'll be a big part of the renewal of America. There's so much there, and it's it actually strikes interesting to me, Congressman. You mentioned something that actually applies to the political area that we're in, and I I encourage us to talk about it. The Mueller model is you find someone that has a lot of prestige, that has a great resume, who's been around Washington, D.C. for 30, 40 years, mentally in decline, but can be a front of a broader movement. Kind of sounds like what they're trying to do with Joe Biden. And the Mueller model is, hey, how could you possibly impugn his amazing record? But then you have these radicals underneath him, 
like Weissman and all these other, let's just say, highly conflicted individuals that use Mueller as a front that almost make them untouchable in the eyes of the media and the public opinion and also in Congress. And so it's really interesting when we get back to Mueller, we, we forget this. I mean, we've been through so much as a country in the last couple of years, Congressman. It, it's, it feels as if it's a couple decades worth of drama that's been fit into one term. It, it's remarkable. And how the president has sustained and is continually optimistic and positive is something that is so noteworthy and so historic. But we forget that the Mueller investigation was supposed to be the, 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 the leading indicator or the, the better way to word it would be is supposed to be the reason for impeachment. And it fell so flat. And then they conveniently found a phone call with some whistleblower and all of that. It was a premeditated impeachment. And they went to a, a, a place they didn't want to go, but they wanted to impeach him at almost all costs. And so, and so Congressman, I, I want to ask about kind of broadly, is there going to be continued investigations into the whistleblower, into the testimonies that you had to sit through in the minority, into Bob Mueller? Because the way they went about their diabolical Trump destruction campaign was so out off the rails that if Republicans ever did what they did, I mean, it, it, would, be, it, it would be illegal. Well, look, let me, let me first say, Charlie, that uh, we were guilty, Republicans in Congress, including me and all of us, we were guilty when, when they brought Mueller in. We actually thought, okay, look, uh, a figure that's been around a while, he's trustworthy, um, this will be great. He'll get in there, and within a month or two, I remember walking out of the meeting uh, where Rosenstein sits down with, ironically, McCabe was in the room. They've written about it in their book, talking about what happened in Gang of Eight meetings. They actually tried to kick me out of the meeting, uh, you know, which is a whole other story. Um, and so, you know, which was clearly obstruction of justice, obstruction of our investigation. You know, you only now learn about it later uh, because I thought it was Pelosi that was complaining to Rosenstein to get me kicked out of the meeting. I didn't realize it was McCabe. So, you know, clearly they were, you know, doing something with me, corrupt, you know, looking at me. Something was going on. We'll probably never know the truth there. Uh, but when they appoint Mueller that day, I remember walking out. And we're like, OK, good. Geez. You know, we've been looking at this already for four months. There's no Russians to be found. I'm, I'm the chair of the Intelligence Committee. Uh, I have access to all the information. They've provided not one piece of evidence of any Russian anywhere around Trump. So I look at the Mueller thing and I think, wow, this is great. Mueller's going to come in. Boom, boom, boom. It'll be done. And then it just goes on and on and on. Conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory that they chase down where finally they're going after uh, you know, Jerome Corsi and, and Roger Stone. It's quite phenomenal. And I'll just tell you, look, we're, we've looked closely at the Mueller team. We continue to look closely at the Mueller team. Um, we will have uh, criminal referrals on, on the Mueller team. The challenge that we have overall is that, you know, you can maybe pick off ones and twos here and there for people that were really corrupt as it related to General Flynn, uh, you know, where you had the doctrine of evidence. Uh, but the overall problem here is that Mueller, uh, uh, you know, operates with impunity uh, because he was assigned to this by uh, by the by the federal government, and so you know you can't indict somebody like that, and which is which is you know too bad. But he look, Mueller deserves to be indicted, uh, but the problem is is that you know he has immunity, and you can't. There's you know no court would hear that. 
Well, it's the Mueller model they're going to try to replicate and duplicate. So you use someone that has a resume a mile long, that knows every single player, that has friends on both sides, and then you staff them and you fill that infrastructure, that void, with 28-year-old campus radicals that were probably throwing Molotov cocktails. If And I kid you not, some of the people that in, were in New York City throwing Molotov cocktails were partners at law firms or potential partners that graduated from Princeton and Fordham. And so I'm not out of bounds by saying that. So, Well, and you I, know what we could do? We can, we can tear down these statues of Abraham Lincoln and we'll erect statues of Robert Mueller somewhere. Well, Maybe that's what they want to do. We'll put, taking a, down we'll put a statue of, of Mueller right in, uh, right in Chaz, right in Seattle there. Yeah, well— and I'll tell you, um, they still have the statue of Vladimir Lenin in downtown Seattle, but they're taking down statues of Abraham Lincoln. It's not, it's not, not exactly a good leading indicator. Can't even make that up. I didn't even know there was a statue of us. Uh, you said Stalin and Lenin no, are, in, just are Lenin. in Seattle? Vladimir Lenin. Oh, just there, Lenin. There's an untouched, not graffitied statue of Vladimir Lenin, the genocidal Marxist maniac in downtown Seattle. Um, and that one's not going to get torn down anytime soon. In fact, it will probably be protected. Probably so. Well, we'll get one of uh, Chairman Mao next and put it right next to him. They'll, be, they'll have their idols to worship there in Chaz. I want to tell you about how you can get out of student loan debt. Are you being crushed by the cartel of the colleges? Well, Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. They help people get out of student loan debt. If you've gotten student loan debt, you could benefit. The lower rate, you could save on interest or lower your monthly payment. And with a shorter loan term, you could get debt-free faster. Consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 different lenders. Whereas with some other online marketplaces, you'll get ranges of rates or ballpark estimates. It only takes a couple of minutes to check rates. And checking rates never, that's right, never impacts your credit. They never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of lenders. So right now, visit Credible.com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash C-H-A-R-L-I-E. When you refinance your student loans using this link, they'll give you a $200 gift card. They never sell your data. You won't receive spam. And this is the best way to get out of student loan debt. Fill in a couple pieces of information and check what rates you're eligible for. That's Credible.com slash Charlie. Again, that's Credible.com slash Charlie. Save on interest. Lower your monthly payment. Get debt-free faster. Credible.com slash Charlie. Congressman, Greg Jarrett recently came on our program, and he hinted that additional criminal referrals are coming. Uh, Did that happen? And can you give us any hints? And are you able to name names? I know you have some restrictions. Well, well, I mean, I I don't have a restriction, so to speak, on naming names. Um, And I get this question a lot. Um, But but I just like to believe that we're running a real investigation here. Uh, And we've House Republicans, Charlie, are the only ones that have run a real investigation. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier when you talked about Durham, how do I know that Durham's doing a real, uh, uh, the job right? He's not leaking. And I think the only reason why we have credibility as House Republicans on the Intelligence Committee is because we never leaked. Uh, we never talked. We did our business. Uh, we went about our business. We collected information. Uh, we've processed it. And we're, and as, as we, like I told you, we've just completed kind of the second kind of phase of our investigation. It's now complete because we kind of keep a running total of, of unanswered questions, so to speak. And then we'll make referrals as that goes. So, so you know, 
I'm never going to get into like who we name. I just don't think it's appropriate because I don't have a badge and I don't have a gun. Um, but look, at some point you can bet you can take this is that for sure uh, we have a volume of this. And so if Durham's not successful and we don't want to jeopardize the other reason is we don't want to jeopardize. We assume there's a real investigation going on. Number one, we don't want to give, we have a lot of facts. We have a lot of evidence. We don't want the guys who have done wrong and bad things to know what we have. That's number one. Number two, we don't want to spoil whatever Durham's going to come up with and make it political at all. And so it's not that I can't tell you, um, I could, I could name all the names now, but look, you know who the names are. I, I mean, I guarantee if you follow the Russia hoax, you know who the names are. So you don't need to hear it from me. Uh, and the best thing for us to do is continue to do our investigation and not talk. You know, only talk about the things that, that I think generally people need to know. Well, you're a decent human being, unlike Congressman Adam Schiff, who when he goes to the bathroom is leaking Donald Trump Jr.'s testimony illegally. Allegedly. Oh, and, my, and my phone number, uh, and my phone number, too, by the way, and my phone calls. Yeah, Don't forget so- that. Going to the telecom yeah. companies and with no real legal precedent doing what he did there. So, so Congressman, I want to get into the General Flynn situation. Uh, you've been on top of this, and there's so many questions about it. C- can, you, can you explain to me how on earth this case has not been dropped yet? Uh, I, I, I am failing to understand this, and a lot of concerned citizens are looking at this and they say, this doesn't seem right. Who's who's even representing the prosecution? How does that work if the government's dropped the case? Well, look, what what you've seen is everything has come full circle where you've had a total takeover of the school systems, total takeover of all the universities, total takeover of of uh, the bureaucracy, kind of the creation of the deep state. And now what you've seen is it's finally spoiled and spilled over uh, into the judicial system. So there's no question in my mind that uh, this judge is, is, is a you know, complete hack and totally out of bounds. Um, and I say that just to you know, kind of back everybody up. You know, I've known General Flynn since 2005, 2006. The guy is a, an American war hero. He was the greatest intelligence uh, officer in a generation. Um, you know, he was revered. Um, so, you know, the, the, so the whole idea here that, that General Flynn was somehow some kind of Russian a- agent was preposterous on its face and would have been like the biggest scandal. Can you imagine the head of our defense military intelligence uh, was a Russian spy? I mean, that would have been a scandal of all scandals for, 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 for warfare for three or four hundred years. I, I don't even know an example uh, where you have the top military intelligence uh, official <laughs> What, you know, uh, tr- being a traitor and going to the other side. It just doesn't exist in history. So it, it would be a, a, a huge scandal. And, and I, but what's even worse is, you know, we knew early on because they came and testified to us that, uh, meaning the FBI and the DOJ testified to us about what uh, the agents believed Flynn had said or not said. And they didn't believe he was lying. We knew about this in, in, in uh, I guess that would have been March, late, late February, early March of, of 17. Then you fast forward when we put out our report, which I still tell people to go read because it's the gold standard report, our Russian active measures report. Um, we had a lot of people lost sight of this. There were massive redactions made, things that were kept classified. Okay, so they had initial 
They declassified a report. It took months. Finally came out. Guess what? Was, was, guess what was still blacked out? The part where we said, hey, General Flynn, the agents didn't think that General Flynn had lied. That was covered up. I mean, there's just another crime right there. Like, who was doing that in 2018? Who made those decisions at the FBI and DOJ to keep that part blacked out about the agents not thinking General Flynn? That was in our report. So, you know, there's just so much here. It's, it's very, very frustrating with General Flynn. Um, I hope that this uh, pills court, um, you know, they really have to save this country. The judges have to step up. You know, whatever judges that are out there that are, that are Clinton appointees and Obama appointees, if they want this to stop um, before we get into, I mean, because we are in a propaganda civil war right now. Um, and we are at a tremendous disadvantage, which is why I'm you know, coming on your show, because you're, we have very few outlets where we get to actually talk and get this out to, you know, to hundreds of thousands of people like you have the ability to do. We just don't, we just don't have those avenues. In fact, so much so, and I'm, 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 I'm not shamelessly plugging my podcast because I'm not, you know, I don't do it for a living. I have a podcast for one reason, one reason only. That is so that my constituents, number one, People of California, number two, people of the nation, number three, and people around the world, number four, can hear from me directly so that I'm not being interrupted uh, by uh, this propaganda news media that is essentially the state-run operation of the Democratic Party. I mean, that's what we have to do now. So everyone should subscribe to the Devin Nunez podcast. Type it in Yeah. subscribe. Well. Well, look, if you want to, my only point is, I mean, I'm not like you, I'm not doing it every day, but I do it once or twice a week. And it's the only venue that I have to get and reach the American people. And, and you know, look, and that's because because it's not just that 90% of the media is, is controlled by the Democratic Party, including, by the way, Black Lives Matter, okay? Black, like, Black Lives Do Matter, All Lives Matter. But if you're giving money to Black Lives Matter, that's going directly to Act Blue. It's going through Act Blue. They're collecting all of your information. And then guess what they're going to do? They're, they have all that data. So the innocent person, I feel bad because a lot of people think they're giving to Black Lives Matter because it's going to the Floyd family, maybe going to pay the funeral expenses. You know, people legitimately probably think that. What they're doing is, is they're getting, collecting all your information and they're going to market to you so that they can raise millions of dollars in the fall to support Democratic candidates. That, that's, that's what this is. That's the best point I, I've heard about the Act Blue. That, that's a very good point. Because I, I, you know, Candace Owens and I were texting back and forth, and Candace came out with the Act Blue revelation very early. And it wasn't a surprise to me because I figured that's how they did it. And she and both you said, and this is exactly right, it's the processing fee is marginal for Act Blue. It's not about that. They will use your email your credit card information, they'll save it within that portal. And then they will hit you time and time again to say, hey, since you care about racial justice, Joe Biden is your guy. Can you chip in $3? Since you care about this. And so then the the amount of data- And it's easy. It's it's like being part of Amazon. That's how I describe it. Once you're on Amazon, and the reason that Amazon's such a successful company, they have all your information. And then it's just a single click. So you can sit there on your iPad or or your, you know, uh, whatever you, or your your um, personal device, and you just later they'll be marketing to you just like you said, Charlie. Be you know contribute to you know we got to defeat this guy, and you said it's a one click and done. That's it. You don't got to waste time with credit cards or anything like that. 
Um, and look, and, and, and the Republicans, we have something called win red. We're way behind, um, you know, in, 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 in our, you know, avenue. But can you imagine if the money from Black Lives Matter was being funneled into win red, which is the Republican fundraising arm? Uh, you know, it's just it, it wouldn't even be no, it wouldn't yet, even tolerate. I want you to imagine what if the lockdown protests were being funneled by win red through win red. Let's just use something that you know, was generally supported by the center right. I mean, if Win Red was the processing arm of trying to get people back to work, forget it. So I, I do want to talk about this, Congressman. You, you represent uh, a district in California, and California has made the decision to commit suicide as a state, metaphorically, of course. Uh, the lockdown measures are so draconian. The science does not dictate continually keeping people locked up. But despite that, um, allegedly, this is the most woke virus on the history of the planet, where if you are protesting racial injustice, um, the health experts say, go do that because it's actually a bigger threat than white supremacy. In California, uh, Los Angeles, you have the second worst gover- governor, the second worst mayor, I should say, in the history of the world, Mayor Eric Garcetti, um, who is so weak, cowardly, hypocritical, it's hard to even be able to articulate it, where he's now said he's going to defund the Los Angeles police by $100 million and give it to. I don't know where it's going. So t- give us a status report on California. It's the largest state. It's a beautiful state. That's a big, uh, that, that's a big question. We could do a whole show on this, yeah. but I do think I have some, uh, some good information. So I'm, I'm halfway between Los Angeles and San Francisco. I'm in the agricultural area. I call it the breadbasket of the solar system. So uh, I'm, I'm really isolated and, and you know, from you know, what, what we call kind of the Hollywood left and the Bay Area left. But we have been under attack. So the reason that I got into politics is because the environmental green movement, uh, which is really a red movement, we always call it the watermelon movement because it's green on the outside, Oh, you know, because everybody's for clean air, clean water and all that. But it's really a communist movement on the inside because we know that here in my area because they've been trying to take our water. They shut down the timber industry here when I was just a kid, um, you know, just killing thousands of jobs. You know, the, the place where a lot of these jobs should have been developed instead of being shipped off to China and other parts of Asia or other states, you know, because Silicon Valley is a small place, but, you know, great technology. They should have been building those plants uh, in my area that's just a couple hours away uh, where we have plenty of labor, plenty of land. Um, but look, it never happened. Uh, we, we know we even have plenty of places for solar panels, you know, so we could put solar panels. I mean, just crazy that that you know so why did that not happen why were those jobs not created here why has this area always been some of the highest unemployment it's because you know all those it's so expensive to live here uh that that jobs have left and you have to basically work for the government uh or you have to be a tech uh, tech billionaire or you have some kind of legacy money but you know hardly anyone is trying to start up a small business here so uh, the last week i went around california a little bit um, and I will tell I will tell you this. I mean, you, you see, I mean, it, uh, for the most part, people are totally ignoring what this governor and mayor are saying, the mayor of L.A. Good. They're totally ignoring it. OK. And especially and I think that's especially true. Getting back to your point that you said when the protests and the riots and all that stuff happened. I mean, you seldom see now anywhere people wearing masks, except except where they have to wear a mask to get into the store. Uh, but I was actually. Uh, out on the, the beach a couple days ago. Um, and I probably saw, I was just walking, I was just walking, it was early in the morning and, and there was probably several thousand people out there. I didn't see one mask. I didn't see one mask on the central coast of California. So 
Um, I had I ran it the, the night before at dinner. I had run into some folks that were from Los Angeles, and they're like, "We just had to get out of Los Angeles. Like we didn't want to be busted by the you know the mask police." And they were so thankful. It was kind of funny to just to see me, and they got nervous. They put their masks on when they came in to see me. And look, and I'm not against people wearing masks. If you want to wear a mask, that's great. But don't be confused by what Nancy Pelosi wears, which are really high-end women's scarves, okay, that designer scarves that match her outfit. Those aren't masks. Those aren't doing a damn thing. And so for the media and the left to let her get away with all those you know, nice little pattern design scarves that match her dress and pretend that that is something that's, that's protecting you, I'm sorry, that's not doing a damn thing uh, for you. And so I think people are starting to slowly figure that out. Uh, but I'll tell you, we have our work cut out for us because you know, the tech oligarchs, the tech tyrants um, are really controlling. Uh, they're that in, you have 90% of the content being developed that goes through a small funnel, which are Google and YouTube, one, Facebook and Instagram, two, and Twitter, three. This is, this is, that's how the propaganda is being pushed through the system, funneled out to the people, uh, which is why I, I, all these mistakes that Garcet, from Garcetti, the mayor of LA, filling in a skateboard park, okay, that would be a fatal political mistake to you know, what's happened to, to people here where you know, some of these governors, Democratic governors or mayors, have allowed their family to go to a state where they don't have to wear a mask and, and they can vacation. That would be a fatal flaw to a Republican. If I was wearing a fake designer mask uh, around, that would be a fatal flaw to me. You know, they'd be attacking me. So we have to find out as conservatives and as Republicans, if we're gonna, if we're gonna keep this Republican in this propaganda war, we have to find, I always call it one yard in a cloud of dust, right? We've gotta continue to wake up every day and fight and push and push because we can reach 40 to 45% of the people, but 55% of the people we can't reach. Yeah. And, and I'll just, to finish this thought up, uh, one of the reasons why the impeachment hoax imploded in their face, okay, if you remember in October, November, uh, it, by anybody's stretch of imagination, when it was before the House Intelligence Committee, it imploded in their face the Democrats' face and the media's face. You know why that happened? I'll give you, well, do you know I why? Mean, it, because I mean, there's a lot of reasons. to go on TV. Exactly. It was the first time you saw Repub House Republicans more in that one week than you saw in the last 20 years. And that's why ABC, CBS, all, they were all carrying it because it was Watergate is back. We're going to carry this live. Guess what? They got to see Adam Schiff and all these lunatics for the first time, really, unfiltered. And then they got to see me and Jim Jordan and Elise Stefanik. And, you know, you know we weren't like these uh, KKK, you know, wearing like white uh, hats, you know, from the South. You know, they realized that, well, okay, these guys actually seem pretty reasonable. And the polling crashed for them. And guess what they did? That's why they took those hearings off the air. Yeah. And then it ended up at the end, like... They did tremendous damage to themselves for four or five days by just allowing us, even though that was totally stacked against us. And, you know, we only got to talk for, you know, five minutes at a time before we get shut down. Um, that the reason why the filter was off. And so that's the, 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 the evidence to me 
as to why it's why I'm doing a podcast, why I'm doing your podcast, why I want to get this message out. I don't want to be filtered anymore by these bastards, and I'm not going to be. It's why the Republicans, and they, they don't listen to me, but Repub- including the president, by the way, including President Trump, we should not be taking questions from 90% of the media. Would you walk into the Democratic National Committee and sit before two or three or four of their best lawyers? No, you wouldn't. So don't talk to these people. We Republicans, conservatives should not be talking to the media because the media is the arm of the Democratic Party, period. Totally agree. And I mean, when I get reached out to by almost every single one of these outlets, I'm like, yeah, no comment, whatever. Just have fun with that. And by the way, they need us to- But inter- Charlie, you can't say no comment. I had to teach, I had to teach some of our, uh, my colleagues this, especially Republicans on the Intel Committee, because- they would write things like, Republicans are beating their dogs again. Congressman so-and-so, Republican, refused to comment. <laughs> you can't do that. You, you, can't even, you can't even say no comment. You have to say, I, I didn't acknowledge any question from you. Well, first of all, if they email you, you throw it in the, in the trash bin. You never respond. If they come up to you and they ask you a question like, oh, you know, how long are you going to you know, keep kicking your dog? You have to say, stop. I'm not acknowledging any question that you've ever asked. I won't acknowledge a question from you in this lifetime or the next lifetime. And you have to say that because if you say no comment, they'll say, he didn't want to talk about kicking his dog. That's, that's well put. Yeah, and that, that, that's right. And so you mentioned the tech companies. Let's talk about this for a second, Congressman, because you call them the tech oligarchs. And I've been waiting for Republicans to use this language. The president has signed the executive order a couple of weeks ago. I think it's a good starting point, but just give you an idea of how powerful these social media tech giants are. The incoming appointed, um, still to be confirmed, FCC commissioner, of which is one of the agencies that's supposed to oversee this executive order, has said that I don't agree with the order. I don't like it. This is the president's pick, Congressman, and I think that you should lead a charge to get this guy completely withdrawn from confirmation. But can we talk about these tech companies? Because I talked quite honestly, Congressman, you get it, but a lot of the more seasoned members of Congress, let's put it that way, they have no understanding. They think that this is like a, um, a, a life improvement tool that might be controlled by the left. They don't understand that this is actually where public discourse is. This is consciousness. This is, this is not just a, um, what's the best way to word it? It's not like a fitness app. Like, oh, it's too bad that it's there. Like, no, this is life. What can we do? Because I say that real Action needs to be taken against these tech companies. We need to look at antitrust. We need to look at platform access as a civil right. We need to look at litigation. We need to look at FTC. Because if the way this is headed right now, Congressman, both you and I will either not be allowed on these platforms or they will suppress us so heavily, they will blacklist us so much that if we're on the platforms, we won't be able to get our stuff out and we'll just be put in the corner and disciplined every day. Yeah, so, th- so there's two things you can do. Um, and not all of us can do it, but, but the first issue is, is we have to bring uh, lawsuits uh, forward to protect our rights. I, I like that you use the term, you know, we have civil rights as conservatives and Republicans. And you know, the civil rights code needs to be enforced um, for all political ideologies, uh, not just some. Uh, and so, you know, I'm bringing a case uh, against Twitter. I'm bringing several cases against the media companies. Um, on a number, including uh, Fusion GPS. Um, so those of us that have the wherewithal 
to bring these cases through the courts, it, it, just like Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch is doing. Uh, we politicians, people in politics or, or conservatives in the media, have to bring these cases uh, to the courts to hold these people accountable. Because look, the one thing that I've learned through my uh, through, through the lawsuits that, that I'm filing is that, guess what they don't wanna do? They never wanna meet me in court. They dodge, they stall, they obstruct. They don't wanna get into discovery with me. Okay, and you would think that you know, as as much as I've been villainized by the by the left and the media, I mean, look, I, I'm there. I mean, they can come in and get discovery on me. They can subpoena me. They can get anything they want. They can get into to everything that I have. Isn't it ironic that you know, as one of the top villains for these fools for the last uh, four years, that none of them want to get into discovery with me on these cases? It's because. They have a lot to hide. They don't want to get into discovery. So first and foremost, those that have the wherewithal have to bring cases against them. Secondly, uh, we've got to go to other platforms, right? So that's why I'm doing podcasts. Uh, but also, there's a there's a new platform out. I don't. I think you're on there. I think Parler. Um, I Parler um, is you know Parler is actually it's actually really good technology. It's it's kind of a cross between Instagram and Twitter. Um, and, and after what happened to the president being, I, I joined about, I don't know, four or five, six months ago. Uh, and then a few weeks ago when the president was, when they went after and started censoring his tweets, I just said, okay, that's it. It's, uh, it's done. And I'm going to be on, I'm, so I'm on parlor every day and I'm encouraging all my friends. I talk about it on my podcast. Um, I, I want people to go to parlor and it's so, it's so nice there. Um, I, I was. I remember when I first went there four or five months ago, Charlie. It was so sad to see people like, like say, "Oh, I'm so glad you're there because I got kicked off of Twitter and Instagram like, you know, a year ago." Like these people are are they want to hear from us, and they can't even get on the platforms. Yeah. Well, and Congressman, this is there's so many legal questions that have gone unanswered. I've tweeted 42,700 times. I have 1.7 million followers on Twitter. I started in 2011. If they digitally assassinate me, what happens to all my followers? What happens to all my intellectual property that I've put on there? My thoughts, my videos, my images, everything. They all of a sudden can just make all that disappear. I, that's more yeah. of a moral question. Like That's my stuff. Now, I don't care what user well, agreement I sign. That, fine, whatever. But there's no way you can say, Twitter, that's your stuff just because I put it on your platform. That, those are my thoughts that I contributed to your, um, to your social media company. So in closing, Congressman, um, well, I just talk- want, before, we, but before we close on that, I just want to make sure you know uh, you're now going to be protected, Charlie, because they have uh, Jim, James Baker from the FBI oh, yeah, sure. uh, now as the deputy counsel, deputy general counsel for Twitter. I mean, I'm sure... I mean, just like Carter Page was protected in the Trump campaign, you know, all those clean, great people, the dirty cops of the FBI, they're now at Twitter. So have comfort. You're going to be protected. Yeah, right. Sure. But I have a little bit of sarcasm. I have advised the president both publicly and privately that one day he should wake up and not use his Twitter. Post somewhere else. Do it for a day. Do it for a week. Watch Twitter's stock price plummet. Now, I'm not advocating for stock manipulation at all, but that would just be a reality, a reality of what would happen because these tech companies need us too. And conservatives have to recognize that what people say, well, there's no price to it. If you can't find out the price, that means you're the product, not the customer. 
They're selling you. They're selling your data and your information to the to the big company. So I'm actually just shocked too, uh, Charlie, by uh, you know people's pensions in this country. I bet nearly every major pension owns Twitter stock. The board members of Twitter have a responsibility here. Uh, and, and look, I think you like the platform. I like the platform. That's why you've been on it for so long. It was a great platform until they started to develop content. You know, if they would just if they would just leave everybody alone, they'd have a great company. Uh, but they haven't done that. Uh, they've decided to get in and create content uh, and to to shadow ban you know guys like me, um, you know to decide what's going to be acceptable and not. I mean, it's just it's absolutely incredible that that I mean, look, it's it's one thing to have a CEO and people that are making these horrible political decisions, but they have board members too. They have a stock price, like you bring up. What the hell are the board members of Twitter doing? This is a, this is total insanity. They're going to create a, a they're going to take a great company and they're going to destroy it and they're going to wipe out people's life savings. Yes. Um, and, and it'll be it'll be a sad day when that happens. Well, I'll tell you what, I like the technology. I do not like the company. They do have a good user interface. They've spent a lot of money on it and they have geniuses that have created a good technology. However, where they have gone, they've now decided to be a, a social justice social media company. So to close That's this, right. Congressman, yep. uh, just a couple minutes remaining. I know you have a hard stop. Give us a quick analysis. Where are we heading into November? There's a lot of pessimism going around. The country is burning. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, Congressman, I have, you're one of the few people that stand up and fight. One of the few, Senator Tom Cotton is also one of them, Congressman Matt Gates. But quite honestly, the list is very short. People are losing faith in the Republican Party, and I don't blame them because so few fight, so few actually do what you do and play offense. Where are we going here? A lot of our listeners are saying, I feel like I'm fighting alone. Where are our leaders? Well, the main thing I I have to always tell everybody is remember, uh, we're in the trenches. We're all together. Uh, There's very few of us, as I talked about earlier, when you have, you know, 55 percent of the American people, they're not necessarily against us, but that information is being funneled to them uh, and they're being spoon fed this propaganda uh, we have to remember, uh, Charlie, and I understand you like some of us that fight, but it's also our job. It doesn't mean the rest of the Republicans or conservatives are bad people. Or Now, there are some, but but for the most part, they're really good people. And there's a lot of people out there. And, you know, the story I told you about the people that are on parlor that, you know, that need help, you know, that, that wanted to be part of the system and part of the process that now people are going to parlor and joining it. Um, it's the same true. I talked about my frustration with my colleagues who still talk to these media companies. Okay, it's frustrating, but it's up to you know to those of us who have the ability, like you, um, you know, with your Twitter following and, and your podcast and the things that I'm trying to do and and other people that are trying to do these things. We've got to show the way because I don't think it's necessarily that Republicans don't want to fight. Sometimes it's they don't know how. And sometimes, and, and look, you have to understand, remember what I told you earlier in this podcast in, in your audience. I believed in Mueller at first. You know, we all make mistakes, right? If I had to, if I could go back, I mean, from day one when I was in that room when they tried to kick me out of it, you know, I should have said, what the hell are you doing opening a Russia, an investigation with a special prosecutor? You know, F off. That's what I should have said, but I didn't know at the time. So... I think what we have a, a responsibility to do, if I had to try to prioritize it, is we got to figure out how we're going to get from that 45% to 50, 
how we're going to communicate that message to people. And we've got to get everybody that's in the trenches with us. We got to get them on the team and show them how to get out of the trenches to reach those that 5% or 10% or 15% of the people that we can that we can reach. The second thing that has to be done is is we talked a little bit about win red. We've got to be able to raise money. I don't think people understand what the Democrats have figured out. Five bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month makes all the difference in the world. Uh, you know, we have 10 Senate races uh, that, that really could use some help right now. And we, we're going to have a playing field of about 30 to, to 50 Republicans that can beat Democrats that are going to be on the field this fall. Imagine if everybody listening right now went out, joined Win Red, okay, and you and you you just decided, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna adopt these these ten candidates. I'm gonna give them five bucks a month. If everybody that was listening to 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 you and all the other conservative, just the podcast alone, went out and did that, we will have funded our races to where these candidates can be out there and they don't have to go to their local fake news outlet. They don't have to rely on CNN. They would have the money and the resources to do what I'm doing, which is to go around over the top below the media. And I just had, a, I did an interview a couple of weeks ago, and maybe you've had him on your show, but you sh- if you haven't, you should. He's in the Virginia state legislature right now. His name is Nick Freitas. Yeah. Uh, he's running for Congress. He has, a, he has a really good shot to win right in the belly of the beast. I mean, just below Washington, D.C. He has a hell of a shot to win. Military veteran. He's doing it. He went out and created, he figured out, he's not going to rely on the local media or the DC media. He knows he's screwed there. He created a podcast. So, and it's not that every member of Congress, every running for Congress can create a podcast or, or even should, you know, but, but those are the types of things uh, that have to be done between now and the election. It's, it's all of us realizing we're in, a, we're, in, we're in the fight to save the soul of this country and two, making sure that the candidates that are out there on the front lines have the resources. Well said, Congressman. Well, you've been so generous to your time. We have your back. Please keep fighting, and we're going to keep on trying to, to save our country. So thanks well, so hey, much, Congressman. Charlie, th- and, and thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, Turning Point and all that is, is just awesome. Thank you guys you. do a hell of a job, and whatever I can do to be helpful, please, uh, please uh, you can count on me and call me up. Awesome. Thanks, Congressman. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you guys want to go hear the President of the United States in Phoenix, Arizona, tickets are running out. Go to trumpstudents.org slash convention. That's trumpstudents.org slash convention or email us freedom at charliekirk.com. Thank you guys for listening. Support the people that are supporting our show. Go to charliekirk.com. Thanks guys so much. God bless. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary.